Welcome to the Plutonomics Podcast with Lori Cammy and Barnaby Levin. The word Plutonomics means the study of wealth. It's our mission to educate, to help clients think about their goals and how they might benefit from working with an advisor to achieve them. But more importantly, it's to make sure our listeners understand both the pros and cons of any issue so they can make informed decisions and increase the odds of finding the right answer for them. You see, it's not who's right or wrong, but knowing there are no disinterested parties or unbiased opinions and that where you sit depends on where you stand. The challenge to making good decisions is to start by questioning one's assumptions and to break free of our prejudices because the truth usually lies somewhere in between. There are always two sides to every issue, both of which have merit. In our last podcast, speaking of money, we said, as important as it is to discuss financial planning with our kids, it starts and ends with couples themselves. And as we've often said, we always want to begin with the end in mind, like Stephen Covey says in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. We want to ask ourselves, what is it we're trying to accomplish as a family? If, like Rip Van Winkle, <laughs> we were to close our eyes and dream, where would we want to be five or 10 years from now? And then what is it we need to do starting today to get there, given our current income and expense? The truth is, once we agree on and articulate the end goal or objective, the mechanics often become obvious and each person's role in making sure we get there together more compelling. And if you need anything else as an incentive, how's this? Research has shown that couples who do talk about money are often happier than those who don't. For today's topic, we thought we'd consider what three highly regarded investors recently said in an interview with Shanali Basak on Bloomberg's Next Big Risk on August 11th. Ida Liu, global head of Citi's private bank, believes that conflict between the U.S. and China over Taiwan is or should be our country's top concern and that it's more a question of when not if. Dave Rubenstein at Carlisle believes it'll be the battle between the haves and have-nots, whether between young and old or developed and emerging market economies. This, he believes, will be front and center for decades to come. And finally, there's Boaz Weinstein, founder of Saba Capital. He feels, given the excesses of zero interest rate policies, both here and abroad, government balance sheets have become so bloated Neither they nor their central banks will be able to step in as they have, and as a result going forward, we'll be facing steeper and more prolonged sell-offs like we did in the 70s when markets hit a bump. So I guess I get to go first? Yep. <laughs> but the truth is we've discussed all of these, Laurie, in one podcast or another over the past two and a half years. So I, it's really more updating folks on our earlier thinking Unless you've changed your mind since then, without me knowing. Well, not really. I'm certainly giving a lot of thought to what Boaz Weinstein said, because with the recent contraction in the M2 money supply and the ballooning debt now held by consumers and governments alike, it usually leads to a recession with lower near and intermediate term returns on stocks. And regarding the consequences of our zero interest rate policies, well, 
We discussed that last year in March in our podcast titled What Being the Global Reserve Currency Really Means. We said then that China, Russia, and Brazil in particular have for years made it clear that they intend to end the U.S. dollar's reign, and they just met again this month along with Saudi Arabia, India, and Mexico to discuss a new common currency. That will ultimately weaken the dollar and most likely cause longer-term rates here to rise. As sovereign nations sell or reduce their purchases of our debt, so I think we both agree with Weinstein and that with rates on short-term treasuries back or over 5%, cash is no longer trash, as Ray Dalio once called it. And if that happens, if fear truly sets in for whatever reason, and we have lost that Fed put or backstop, the buy the dip mentality will fade. Like 2001 to 2002, when one sell-off followed another, people will tire of getting suckered in, and the sell-offs will be deeper and of longer duration as buyers boycott. Since the demise of Silicon Valley Bank, we've already seen less liquidity, banks that are less willing to lend, and as borrowing costs have risen from 7 to 13%, defaults beginning to increase. So we can see the pieces already beginning to fall into place. Regarding Ida Liu and her thoughts on Taiwan, we spoke of this at length over the course of two podcasts titled China's Syndrome in October 2021, where we hope people will go back and listen to them. But we also elaborated on it in, is this the end of globalization and should we just stay home? While in fact, it might have been us who coined the phrase regionalization in those podcasts. The problem, of course, is how to invest in or protect against war, other than loading up on defense stocks like Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, or Northrop Grumman. You know, I'm pretty proud of the work we did on China, especially in part one, where we set the stage so listeners could understand how and why the Chinese think the way they do. The fact is, Americans have, for the most part, and for so long, looked at China through the lens of our own Western democratic lens, and that's a mistake. We must remember they've been around for more than 3,600 years. And since 1600 BC with the Shang dynasty, China is responsible for many of our most important advances in everything from math and science to philosophy, for things we take for granted, like the 365-day calendar or sayings we long ago incorporated into our own vernacular like Sun Tzu's keep your friends close and your enemies closer or Confucius before you embark on a journey of revenge, dig two graves. For much of this time, they've been at war, often in the face of oppression, to the point where Xi Jinping often refers to the century of humiliation they've suffered beginning in 1839 when Britain sent gunboats up the Yangtze River to compel China's rulers to open their ports. She has vowed, on multiple occasions, never again. On October 9th, 2021, when speaking at Beijing's Great All of the People, he said of Taiwan that no one should underestimate the Chinese people's staunch determination, firm will, and strong ability to defend national sovereignty and territorial integrity. This historical task, he said, of the complete reunification of the motherland must be fulfilled, and it will be fulfilled. The fact is, 
since 1949 when the then-defeated Republic of China's government fled to the island after losing their civil war with Mao Zedong's communist forces, the People's Republic of China has claimed Taiwan as its territory, as a renegade province that must be reunited with the mainland. So that is indeed what Xi Jinping said. Although it's possible when faced with the prospect of mutual destruction, it may keep China at bay. But Kyle Bass has said we should take them at their word. And like Ida Liu, we too believe it's a matter of, or at least I do, a matter of when, not if. So my hope is we'll redouble our efforts and pressure the current administration to rebuild our depleted troops and supplies as soon as possible. But even given China's buildup in the South China Sea, my guess is instead of a direct assault, there's a good chance they'll simply surround the island when the time's right and they're ready by building a blockade to cut off all shipping in and out and starve Taiwan into submission. As Sun Tzu said, never enter battle unless you know you can win. And if they do that, It's not clear to me that we, NATO, or any of Taiwan's other allies would or could claim that any pact, whether stated or inferred, has been violated, which would mean going to war with a nuclear-armed China. I think we might just walk away like we did with Crimea under Obama. Actually, I disagree, because the stakes are so much higher for both sides. We are both dependent on one another. For us, on Taiwan's manufacture of semiconductors, and for China, on us as the biggest buyer of everything they make. In my opinion, the U.S. will protect its economic interests, even if it means war. Well, there's one thing I can say for sure, that even though I totally understand why and in some ways don't blame them, the Chinese, for thinking the way they do, now's not the time for us to invest in China. And finally, there's our friend David Rubenstein and what he refers to as the battle of the haves and have-nots. In our podcast, Demographics Redux and Gen Z, we said how, according to the Pew Research, Gen Z will swell to 82 million people here in the U.S. by 2026, and that the majority of them will be of color. Globally, however, there's more than 2.5 billion making them 30% of the world's population and 40% of all consumers. Rest assured, they will challenge today's leaders on everything from climate change to the redistribution of wealth. And according to Neil Howe, the author of The Fourth Turning, younger generations are souring on democracy, while a small but rapidly growing share say it's either a bad or very bad way to run the country, preferring military rule instead. Seriously, that's scary. And as you know, I believe a lot of that thinking is due to outside and maybe even subversive influence. But what's even worse is that more than half of our young people are unhappy, especially women, reporting anxiety and sadness almost all the time. Part of it's due to drugs, part to the influence of teachers in our grade schools, And part, like I just said, to the undermining influence of today's social media, like TikTok, where videos about body image and mental health pop up on kids' For You page every 39 seconds. But according to Neil Howe in the preface to his new book, The Fourth Turning is Here, while the crisis he predicts may fill us with dread, which I 
must admit it does. Every generation is what it has to be. He suggests that generations are causal agents in history, driving the pace and direction of social change in the modern world, but that this isn't a good or bad thing. Instead, as Marcel Proust once wrote, what we call our future is but the shadow our past projects in front of us. Hmm. The secret, according to Howe, is to get out of that shadow, to escape the slavish habits and delusive hopes of what we call our future by recognizing the deeper patterns at work. Well, that's what we're trying to do on our client's behalf. So together, may prepare for and be ready to adapt as events unfold, whatever they may be. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Next week, we will offer our own conclusions and the steps we're taking. But in the meantime, we hope this podcast helps. And that if it did, and if you enjoyed today's podcast, that you'll share it with friends and family so they can enjoy it too. This is Lori Cammy and Barnaby Levin for the Plutonomics Podcast, signing off. LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth are a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC, and advisory services through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk and there is no guarantee that the process or investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and any investment opportunities referenced may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced are from sources believed to be reliable and any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Neither LK Wealth and Asset Management, LCK Wealth, or Hightower shall in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data or for statements or errors contained in or admissions from the obtained data and information referenced. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced and such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates. 